0: Coming up, on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Plus, Zelda DLC? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Mark, how are you? Doing great. How are you, Patrick? I am also doing well. I'm wearing slippers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we're in my home, well, so sorry, I, it just sounds you're, we're like painting a picture. How cozy. Yeah. It's a it's a cozy. It's look, we have to be cozy, right? Because weather report, it's been raining. Man, yesterday was bad. We're, so this is a little different, right? It is Saturday at the time of our record. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning. So there could be some explosive news that happens between uh now and when the episode posts mm-hmm. and apologies we won't um we won't be able to cover that news. So when mother four is announced as a switch launch title on Sunday we won't we won't be able to we talk about it. We won't be able our, we will fail at our duties. That's uh, but that's that's okay because we're telling you about it ahead of time. <laughs> An excuse is as good as uh, information. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, it's been raining a lot. Um, uh, Neither Mark or I were sucked into sinkholes in in Los Angeles, though there have been some. Have there really? I saw, I don't know, like on Twitter. This is me reporting news that I half read. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go back and say no, no sinkholes. (laughs) Well, maybe sinkholes. (laughs) Maybe sinkholes. We'll hedge our bets on sinkholes. Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, And now it is a a, a cloudy gray uh, morning afternoon. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, Mark, have have you been playing any games? Uh, I've I've been playing Fire Emblem Heroes a little bit, just a a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I was bored. Very good. And, and I had my phone, which I guess is you know that's a good reason to have this game as any. I mean, that's why the mobile market exists, right? It's yeah. Because you're bored and have a phone. So I was playing a few maps of it and. I don't know. I don't really have anything more interesting to say about it. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I will probably delete it as soon as I need the space on my phone is basically what it comes down to. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, you and I talked about it for kind of a while a couple weeks ago, Um, but it does seem like even when I play more of it, I don't have anything else to say about it. Yeah. It's like, yep, I expressed all of my opinions about it w- that one time. Um. I, I haven't turned it on in the last uh, week or so.
1: So, I don't
0: know. Do you still have Super Mario Run on your phone? Do you have no. it up occasionally? After I got uh 990... No, wait. 9,999
1: toads. 9,000. 9, 99,000.
0: 9, 9 toad toads. <laughs> After I did that and bought all the things I wanted to buy for my kingdom... um. It, it was literally pointless to do like I keep collecting coins but like the coins at that point don't get you anything um it would be super easy for that game to like hook me again if they just introduce like another collectible or like raise the ceiling on toads I could collect um but as of right now I'm just like there's no reason for me to go back into it so it it is off my phone oh I actually did so we talked about this a couple weeks ago too that if you delete it um, are you able to, uh, if it's linked to your Nintendo account, bring your kingdom back and bring your save file back? And you are. Oh, great! Yeah. Um. So if you uh like your progress in Super Mario Run but have need the space and haven't been playing it, feel free to just kick that thing to the curb <laughs> as long as it's linked to your uh, my Nintendo account. You can get it all back if you decide to redownload it. Yep, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Patrick? Uh, I've been playing Pikmin Three a little bit. Um uh, this is a a game that I picked up uh, a couple weeks ago when I grabbed uh Tropical Freeze Donkey Kong Country Donkey Kong Country Returns Tropical Freeze is the full title <laughs> of the game. colon <laughs> the first one. Um and uh yeah, so I, I grabbed Pikmin 3 at the time um and have just sort of been letting it sit there cuz I'd never played any of the Pikmin games before. I just knew that they're like well regarded um and are cute um, but I've really been having a a lot of fun with it. Just like last night and this morning, sort of you know just like cause it's like rainy and cold. Like I wanted a game I could like really get um deep into, uh, and this feels like that. And it's it's amazing how um like complex the systems are. Like they 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 seem very simple, right? Everything seems very simple, but um it the scope of what you're doing very quickly like zooms out so that you have all of these simple things to manage at one time um and i don't know it's it's fun and feels like exploring and it's adorable and looks great how do, how does it use the gamepad like can you use the gamepad to control mm-hmm. it m- yeah. mainly or as it like the touchscreen yeah yeah so you use um uh the i, I play it with the uh, with a stylus in one hand and my left hand on the um, analog stick and, like, R. Wait, does the Wii U come with a stylus? Yeah. And it's built into the system? Yeah, you bet. Oh. But unlike the 3DS, uh, where the stylus comes out the bottom, the stylus comes out the top. Oh, yeah. innovation. <laughs> That's right. They learned. <laughs> um, yeah, so you are, uh, like changing the, the direction in which you're throwing um, Pikmin or like selecting Pikmin using the stylus and then um, moving your character around um, with the analog stick. And then there are some buttons there. So, uh, and I don't know if that's always the way the game controlled, I know that it, it got a, a patch early on and I think it may have been to allow it to use, the, um, use those controls um instead of just like the dual analog is it unwieldy it sounds kind of unwieldy no it's actually but you uh, have to like pretty prop, intuitive do you have to like prop the uh gamepad
1: up, I have like on s- your
0: like i have it sitting on my lap but oh but you, you can still look at the main tv screen while you are you have it on your lap or do you have to be like looking down at the gamepad the whole time so the gamepad does not show the same thing that's on the screen so as as you're like selecting it it's almost like um the touchpad is like a trackpad on your laptop and you're seeing so like you can see where you're selecting on the TV um but you're inputting it on the on the uh touchpad of the um of the gamepad gotcha it's a it's more intuitive than i'm describing it <laughs> uh and yeah when when we're done doing this i'll we'll will probably uh you know put pajama pants back on (laughs) well i appreciate that you put on jeans i took a shower (laughs) i put on all the clothes for you mark uh anything else we've been playing or is that that pretty much it i think that's pretty much it all right great let's get into the news So the press is beginning. The press is. The press are. Press is. It's a collective, right? The press is beginning to receive their Nintendo Switches. Mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch is Switch plural. Or is Ooh. it Nintendo's Switch? Okay. So let's work this out. Amiibo is the plural of Amiibos. Joy or uh, but Amiibo is many Amiibo. But. Joy-Con is, is to Joy-Con. We decided. I don't know if that's actually true. Is me the equivalent or like the uh oh, yeah. plural of me or is it me's? I mean, I think the plural of me is we. <laughs> Let's say Nintendo Switches. Okay. Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch consoles. Nintendo Switch consoles would pro- Let's do that. That's the easiest. Just like Lego uh Bricks, right? They're not Legos, Legos. right? It is decided. Yes. Put it in the book. In the book, Nintendo Switch consoles uh, uh, uh. are be uh, the press are receiving theirs, and at least one. What is in the hand of a consumer? Allegedly, it's actually not entirely clear where this came, where this Nintendo Switch console came from. <laughs> um, the person says, and I am not calling this person a liar they but it seems a little it sounds like you're calling this person a liar <laughs> no i'm just saying they're not very forthcoming with information sure you're saying they got it from a retailer retailer oh my gosh <laughs>
1: what, what is was that right is that right retailer
0: retailer yeah someone retailer. who sells retail goods oh you're right no i nailed it yeah yeah great um, i mean we talked about it for too long <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah you nailed it anyways okay start all over this news item is that Nintendo Switch's consoles are now out in the wild. Yes. And there's a video out there that's showing the system's operating system, its menus, all that kind of stuff. And I've got to say, I'm loving everything about it. Uh, it looks super, sle- <coughs> super sleek. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Very fast. Uh, so I've only seen stills. It, it's, it's quick. It seems to be. seems to everything happens as you would expect it to. Which is quickly. Right. (laughs) Um, So I've seen a lot of uh, just like tiles of uh, like character faces. Um, Do we know what those are? I think that's... So it's possible you are seeing stills from like the system setup. Mm -hmm. And when you are setting up your like account on the Switch, you have the option of using a me or you have the option of using a character. Oh, so it's like like sort of your avatar. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um... But, yeah, so I'm super excited. The only kind of bummer is it seems like there's no system music. just seems to be a lot of, like, bleeps and bloops. Sure. Well, and also because maybe it's not totally clear from uh, our cold opening uh, introduction, but we're going to be talking today about system music. Yes. Um. So that, that's why it's... it's like on of, the brain. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on the brain. Uh. But, you know, we'll get a chance... Uh, In just a couple weeks to really dig in and uh, because Nintendo has a weird way of like hiding music like deep inside menus. The Nintendo 3DS is a perfect example. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to all of those (laughs) later in the episode. Um, But I'm I'm looking forward to uh, discovering all of that in just a couple weeks. Uh, Nintendo also, and this was on Tuesday, which was the day that our episodes come out. Right, the day that you listened to last week's episode, shared it with your friends, <laughs> rated and reviewed us. Uh, uh, it's Nintendo, we release on Tuesdays. Why would you not drop your big information on Mondays? Yeah. I feel like they do this, this consistently. Well, And we're not going to change. No. I mean, we made a choice arbitrarily <laughs> to release our episodes on Tuesdays. It just made arbitrary sense. Mm-hmm. Which is the best sense. What did they announce, Mark? <laughs> the uh, expansion pass for Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Uh, cool. It's going to be available on both the Wii U and the Switch. Mm-hmm. The expansion pass will cost 19.99, and I it will presumably be available for purchase on day one. May already be available for pre-order. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, it seems weird to you can't buy anything. Uh, digitally for the switch at present right right but like you can't for the wii u yeah okay fair enough uh yeah good 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 point uh so expansion pass so season pass kind of yeah so there's three parts to it right uh part zero is like when you purchase it you get three extra chests uh on the plateau mm-hmm. which is like the seems to be like the main opening section right of breath of the wild and then an in-game nintendo switch shirt which i believe is in one of those chests oh, okay but it might be uh three chests and the shirt gotcha but this is all like the uh the kind of just reward for buying the stuff that's that is coming out later um Let's talk about what, what those other two packs are and when they're coming out. So the first one comes out in uh summer of 2017 and includes a new Cave of Trials challenge, a hard mode, and a new feature for the in-game map, whatever that whatever means. Whatever that means. And and pack two? uh, Holiday 2017, a new dungeon, a new quote original story, and then additional challenges. Okay, so all of this, pretty vague. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Additional challenges and a new feature for the in-game map? I mean... The the information we have about Breath of the Wild officially is like fairly vague yeah. in and of itself. Right. So maybe they don't wanna say anything more because it gives a little bit more detail about Breath of the Wild, which they don't seem too keen on doing. Um weird that Kate hard mode is behind a paywall. Uh is it though? Like, hard mode isn't isn't a normal feature of a Legend of Zelda game, right? Like I can't think of a Zelda game where you set a difficulty level ever. I guess that's true, but aren't, don't some of them have like new game pluses that are a little more difficult? Like second quests? Yeah. So the original Legend of Zelda has a second quest, um, that you can either get by entering your name as Zelda. Is that right? Zelda? Or Link? Zelda? I think Zelda. Either enter your name as Zelda or play it, beat it, and then play it a second time. Um. But a lot of the like second quests are like master quest versions of uh like um Ocarina has one um which you just had to like buy as a separate game or is also available in the uh 3D the 3DS uh, remake, um. But so yeah, it, I mean, it it sort of depends on what the hard mode actually is. Totally agree. If it is more like a master quest type thing, mm-hmm. um, that's cool. It'd be it would be weird to me if it the hard mode is just the enemies are more difficult. Yeah. Right. Your items break more often. Right. That would be a weird thing for me, in my mind, for them to put behind the paywall. Right. So, but but also I have no intention of ever playing on hard mode. Yeah. Depending on what it is. (laughs) You know, like if it's just the enemies are more difficult. Right. Like, I don't, I don't care about that. Right. Well, unless the game proves to be like too easy. If like you're playing it and you're like, this is stupid, I don't like it because it's too easy. It would have to be incredibly easy for me to feel that way. Yeah, sure. I No, I get you. I get you. You're not playing a Zelda game because you want to be challenged by the enemies,
1: necessarily. Not Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I guess it,
0: overall, it's not weird to me that there's an expansion pass other than it's just oh, like no. the first one. Well, wait, hold on. Before we move off the hard mode, um, it is sort of interesting to note that there's a little bit of like a makeshift hard mode in the... Uh, Twilight Princess HD remaster if you tap the Ganondorf amiibo um, you take a ton more damage every time you're hit um, so like that's a way that you can make the game feel more difficult um, and that is sort of locked behind a paywall right you need a Ganondorf amiibo um, so for me this feels like that you know or could if, if that's what it is, then that, that being locked behind a paywall feels basically the same as having Amiibo functionality. Oh, that's interesting. I'd forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, uh, yeah, it does, it does seem a little bit weird, or I think people are reacting to it strangely because we've never seen that for Zelda before, a, a, an expansion pass. Um, but it, to me, it looks almost identical to the um, expansion stuff for Mario Kart. For Mario Kart 8, in what way? In the way that so it's about the same amount of money. It, I think the I think it was 15.99 in Mario Kart, um, and it was two separate packs, right? One, uh, both like separate, uh, tracks and uh, characters and carts, um, and you got like a little something superficial for buying it all right right away, um, and when when so you could wait and buy them separately or you could uh just throw down for them right away um and if you did that you didn't really have any idea of what the tracks were you just knew more stuff um and so this is pretty similar right like i i think if people are reacting negatively to anything here it's that like they're asking for 20 bucks and you don't even know what what it is but i don't know it's that seems in line with what mario kart was yeah and- the Mario Kart DLC turned out to be great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the Mario Kart DLC turns uh, a, a really great Wii game into, like, an unmissable Wii game, you know? The, for, like, you and I, we trust Nintendo kind of implicitly. Sure. So To a fault. To a fault, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, to us being like, yeah, I'm going to put down the $20 for the expansion pass, although there's really no reason to pre-order it, you might as well wait until you get more details about it, right? Oh, man, you want that sweet shirt? You want that sweet Switch shirt? Uh, oh, yeah. On, I guess if, if, if you want that immediately, <laughs> yeah. then yes. But, um, like, I would be willing to th- put down the $20 and just be like, yeah, I trust Nintendo to give me a, like, my money's worth for it. Right. But I can also totally understand being hesitant when you're like, I don't even know what any of this means. Yeah, sure. Well, and also, like, you don't know if the game is going to be something that you want to spend the extra time and or money on. Um, But, I mean, I think, I don't know. Whenever a game has um, DLC like this, like large packs of DLC, um, you know, the, the economics of it, like, have to be that they're expecting to sell like a certain amount of the the extra content. And like that sort of, the, the people who buy that help pay for, you know, what the game actually should cost, right? Like the, the $60 is like an arbitrary number, right? Um, and if you're adding that like 20 bucks on, you know, it, it's possible that the game probably should cost more like $80 given the amount of time that goes into it or resources or whatever. Um, but, like, you just can't do that. You can't charge $80 for a game. People won't pay it. Um, so, I don't know. Well, whenever this kind of stuff comes around, I'm always like, yeah, well, you know, if, if the game's important to you and, like, you want to support it, then, like, maybe you got to throw the extra money at it. I have to say, the only thing that I find com- compelling to me is mm-hmm. the stuff coming out in holiday 2017, the last pack. Sure. Cave of Trials challenge doesn't interest me. Hard mode, don't really have a use for. I don't know what a n- the new feature for the in-game map could it's possibly so be. That's weird. new like, feature a- for the in-game map. <laughs> what could that mean? <laughs> right. That you would be willing to pay extra money for.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like a new dungeon, a new original story, like that. To me, is like okay. Yeah, I'll pay for. Th- yeah, that's the most interesting of the three packs. Yeah. Well, and also, um, I mean, I I don't know about you, but uh. I need a little bit of time between uh, playing Zelda games um, or like between playing the same Zelda game again. It's it's always been like, Oh, I haven't played this game in eight years. Now I can play it again. Um, and if I were to, you know, however quickly we'll uh, digest breath of the wild when summer rolls around, I don't think I'm going to be ready to like jump back into it. But by the end of the year, yeah, maybe, maybe then I'll, I'll be like, okay, yeah, let's go in and, maybe mess around with the hard mode or with the cave of trials or whatever. And then the rest of the, um, the end of the year stuff. I don't know. I'm into it. I'm, 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 I'm excited for there too. Even though we haven't played any of it yet, I'm excited that there's more of it <laughs> or at least a reason to come back to the game. You know? Um, I feel like that, that is too frequently a, uh, a characteristic of games that like you play them and then you're like, great, I'm done. I'm not playing this again. Um, and a reason to go back to something is always exciting to me. It's been a while since we've talked about Pokemon Go. It has. But here we are. <laughs> Pokemon Go has added 80 generation to Pokemon. Hey. Finally. Yeah. It, how, so how long has that thing been out? Uh, since July. It came out in July. Man, it seems like it's been out so much longer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we're, yeah. Ugh. Um, so maybe them taking like seven or eight months to get uh another huge chunk of Pokemon in there isn't that long of a wait? You're you're probably right. I mean, I keep com- whenever I think of Pokemon Go, I'm like, yeah, I would probably play more if they if these updates were coming faster. But then it's still making enormous sums of, sums of money. So I am the outlier. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, are you gonna? Put it back on your phone. The answer is no. right? No. neither of us are going back into. Neither of us in, I think Pokemon are going Go. back into Pokemon Go. But I, I think it's cool that they're finally adding Pokemon from other generations. Uh, so the the three legendary birds and Mew are or Mewtwo, right? Are still all missing from the original 150. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I wonder when those things are. Like, what are they waiting for? Do legendaries? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What was your question about legendaries? Uh, it was it was dumb. So I'm, I <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was <dumb. laughs> It was a stupid question. Oh, it was a stupid question. Ugh. I feel stupid for posing it. <laughs> you didn't even pose it. <laughs> Goal. Um, all right. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe they're saving it for their like one year anniversary in July. Sure. And when are we gonna get the uh, uh, sun and moon starters in there? I mean, when are we gonna get trading? When are we gonna get like anything? Yeah. Because. I, uh, if you are still playing Pokemon Go, I'm genuinely interested in what you are doing. Yeah. Because it's still taking over gyms, still like going for walks in areas that you hadn't, in your been town, you hadn't been before. Yeah. Yeah. Is is there somebody who's collected all the Pokemon in the game? There has to be, right? Uh yeah I don't know I mean now that there are eighty new ones maybe someone has to go on it because there are some that are like specific to geographic areas right which is why trading would seem important right because you have to physically go to all these places because I mean we talked about this before my thing with Pokemon Go is like how many more of the same Pokemon do I need over and over and over because my you know yeah I mean you can travel even LA has um the area around LA you know you could go to the ocean so you can get like water types you know like you have that ability but what if you're living in the in uh, an area that is one climate right you right. backed you backed off of saying the middle of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> and i want to know why because <laughs> <laughs> i was going to give a very specific example okay and i was like well there's no reason to do that <laughs> But, you know, like, what if you are, you're, let's just say you're, like, living in the middle of the desert, it's, like, what, and you're a kid, and what are the odds that you're going to be able to get water-type Pokemon, you know? Yeah. It seems like how much fun could it possibly be to catch the same, uh, like, Pidgey over and over and over and over and over again? I mean, that's why I stopped playing. Is yeah, exactly. the same Pidgey over and over again. <laughs> yeah. So, I... And so yeah. Genuinely if, curious what's going on with Pokemon Go. If you are playing Pokemon Go still, um, and or have jumped back in because of uh, the Generation 2 Pokemon being in there, uh, write into us and let us know what you're doing. You can do that at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. EA has confirmed that the version of FIFA coming to the Switch is a full numbered version of the game, uh, FIFA 18, and not like a spinoff or anything. And the game is still custom built for the console. What that means? Yeah. What does that mean? Does it mean that they made a crummy version of it? Yeah. And they're just calling it FIFA 18, or, I mean, I guess it's it's nice to know that they're not just porting. It, this could still be the case that they're just porting like a PS3 version of it or something. So that was the original rumor, right? Is that it was just it was based on the PS3 and Xbox 360 version, and I think that's why they came out and said no, it's a custom version, which. To me, sounds very like read between the lines that it still could very well be based on the 360 and right. PS3 version. It's custom in that it's on the Switch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> they very explicitly did not say that it's based on like the PS4, Xbox One version. Right. That it is a, a separate thing. It's going to be very interesting to see um, whether that sells well and if that means anything for anything. I mean, right. I mean, I feel like it could sell well and still nothing could come of it. Right. If we're talking about like further EA support or even more specifically, further EA sports support. Right. And more uh, generally, third party support. There's a lot of mysteries uh, sur- <laughs> surrounding the Wii. And Wii? The Wii? <laughs> Mark, we're doing this too early. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <I think. laughs> We say that, it's almost, it's like noon, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I've been awake since like 6.30, but... Ew! Here's the thing. I went to bed at like 9.45 last night. Oh, that sounds nice. It was wonderful. Yeah. Ultra Street Fighter 2 contains a first-person... Hadouken? Yeah, Hadouken yeah. mode. <laughs> Players will be able to throw fireballs and dragon punches using motion controls while fighting M. Bison in first-person. If I may editorialize, this sounds stupid. It does sound stupid. And maybe it's because I'm bitter because we just finished playing Metroid Other M, and it has terrible first-person moments where you're supposed to, like, shoot missiles and oh. other projectiles. So at least this is a separate mode, though. Like, you're not playing the, you're not playing regular Street Fighter and then, like, switching to first-person mode to throw a Hadouken. You're right. That does make it sound a little bit better. Uh, but also, like, when are you ever going to actually do this? Never. Never. You're never going to do this. And this is, and this game isn't even coming at launch, right? This isn't a launch game. That's right. But it sounds to me like one of those launch gimmicks. Yes. Right? Like, do you remember when the PS3 came out and it had, it wasn't, they didn't have rumble in the controllers. Yeah. And it was like the six axis. They had like a little bit of motion control in there. They had a gyroscope in there. And so a lot of the launch games had terrible. Gyroscope sections. The original Uncharted had, um, like, where, while you were like crossing narrow bridges, you had to like balance. Oh, that was terrible. Yep. There was some game. It was I was playing. I want to say it was a terrible game, <laughs> that, your. Oh man, what was it? Completely forgettable at this point. But you like threw a boomerang type projectile, and when you did that, you had to use the uh, like the six the six axis the to. And I think did Arkham. Did the Batman games do that, but... Oh, good question. Um, no, I think you could use the analog stick for that. I mean, most of that stuff has been patched out now. Yeah, because it's terrible. Right, because it's no good. And that seems like that's what this is. Right, where it's like trying to do everything. Well, the, the thing that is most confusing about it to me is that then the game has to have assets from Street Fighter 4. Like, that's how... Because you're in first person, so, like, it has to be polygon models of the characters, which obviously aren't in Ultra Street Fighter 2. So, like, what do they do? It it seems like an extra game mode for Street Fighter 4, not for Street Fighter 2. I don't know what's happening with this thing. Yeah, it seems so weird. Yeah, I want to really like this game. Now, you're, because you're. Oh, yeah. Big ups on Street Fighter. Big ups for me on Street Fighter. Absolutely. And Street Fighter 2, like most people who have big ups on Street Fighter, is my jam. Like, I love that game Um, more than 4 or 3 or 5, which I've only turned on maybe once or twice in my life. Um, But yeah, so I'm I'm very excited about it. Does Ultra Street Fighter 2... has it remixed the combat? Like, it does it have additional, or is it basically Street Fighter Two plus like the two, plus the two new characters? characters? Uh, so I think there are some new moves and some rebalancing. Um, but it's still I, and different game modes beyond like a first person beyond <laughs> <laughs> the first person. <laughs> no, there, there's like a uh, there are like some scenario based um uh, attack modes like um you and a friend play as Ken and Ryu against M. Bison, like two versus one kind of uh, things. And I mean, we'll, we'll see what, what else the game has to offer. But like this first person mode for me is just like a garbage pile. Like, that, that's, not, that's not the game. That's not Street Fighter. So. The definitive edition of Rayman Legends for the Switch will have new features focused around the multiplayer experience. Great, more vague platitudes. Thank you, Ubisoft. <laughs> Actually, that one came from uh, Michelle Ansel. Uh, he was talking about the, the new features on uh, Rayman Legends, and yeah, was just that that the multiplayer experience specifically is what they're looking to upgrade there, and that's potentially cool. Yeah, potentially. No idea what it means. Yeah. I don't, uh, put that up there in the Hall of Fame with a new feature for the in-game map. New feature for the in-game map. That's almost as good as additional challenges. <laughs> Ooh, there are more challenges in this one. <laughs> Some might say additional. Uh, have you played Raymond Legends? Uh, I played the one before that. Origins, Origins, I think is right. We both said it. We didn't consult about that. That wasn't rehearsed. That was off the cuff, yeah. uh, so it's probably right. I played on um, the Vita, and I liked a lot. Um, it's supposed to be a great game. Yeah. Do you... If I... I'm if, not familiar with Rayman. Like, I don't think I've played all the way through any of his games. Have you played, like, partially through some of them? I think I've played partially through Origins. Like, a level or two. Sure. Um, I don't know. I... I'll wait and see, right? I guess we all just have to wait and see. Do, do we do we have a release date for that? I don't I don't think so. This year sometime. Okay. Well, depending on how the uh you know, the the rest of the game shake out, um maybe we'll pick that up and talk about it. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not full price. I'm hoping it's not like 60 bucks. Yeah, that would be a bummer. Um the definitive... oh, <laughs> nope. Despite <laughs> earlier reports that eight switches can be connected to each other, New information about Splatoon 2 confirms that up to 10 can be connected at one time, uh, although in the example given, two players are spectating and waiting for their turn to play, which is, I think, specifically, it, which is cool in general, but I think it's specifically for um, eSports, useful for eSports. Uh, what, uh, the spectator mode or the fact that Ten switches. I think spectator mode because Nintendo Switch consoles. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> because if you are, um, broadcasting. Oh yeah. Right, mm-hmm. having that uh, the spectators being able to do like an overview and go to like specific areas is very helpful. Instead of just having to cut between, uh, the view that the players have. Interesting. Um. Yeah, I could see where that would. I. Uh, Especially because they it seems like they are positioning Splatoon to be a more like an even more um competitive multiplayer esports kind of title. Do you think we've actually seen the ceiling on how many Nintendo Switch consoles can be connected to each other? Uh yeah, I mean it seems like no, actually I guess maybe we maybe not. Maybe yeah. we don't have any a clear idea on that uh i where did the number eight come from they talked about that in the presentation yeah yeah and but splatoon 2 uh has demonstrated that well actually these other two can also be connected and uh not really related to that but switch multiplayer um with at least with bomberman so Mm -hmm. showing that it is possible you can have like four Nintendo Switches. I, I don't actually know the limit to what that is. Nintendo like, Switch consoles. <laughs> Nintendo Switch consoles. You can uh, but you can have multiple Nintendo Switch consoles, and on top of that, have multiple people playing on a console. So if you have four Nintendo Switch consoles, right, all w- playing Bomberman, you could have two people on each. Sure. Uh, Switch. Right. So you could still have you could have eight people playing. Right, and that that like the uh like your comment about the the ui um functioning quickly is one of those like that's what you would expect but like sometimes we need to celebrate that the things that we would expect are actually being delivered on you know um i i mean with stuff like that i just keep going back to the wii u when it was announced and right there was like confusion even from nintendo on whether you would be able to use multiple gamepads. Yeah, there was a little a bit console, where they were saying you could use you two. Would, right, and that was just never a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. So little victories. It's such a weird limitation. Um but also like it's amazing how there's no lag on the um on the gamepad that if I cuz I do a lot of Wii U gaming just straight on the gamepad without the TV on, but it means that like my inputs are are you know traveling wirelessly through the air to the Wii U and then the Wii U is spitting the graphical information back to the to the gamepad and there's zero lag on it. Yeah, that is very technically impressive. Yeah. What however they whatever they were able to do to make that work as fast mm-hmm. as it does is super impressive. Um but yeah, so I wonder if that's if they're like we can be super impressive one at a time, <laughs> we, we can't be super impressive with two of these things at once, so yeah, that would make sense um all right, so here we go. this is just going to be a complete disaster of pronunciation because go go because <laughs> I have no go, idea go is it n i s america nice america i think n i s okay n i s America is bringing r p g maker says keep going <laughs> <laughs> and cold. Coldcept Revol- Revolt to the US and Europe. Uh, uh These are like Japanese games that are being mm-hmm. ported over here. I guess Coldcept is a long-running series. I mean uh, the RPG Maker series is also long-running, yes. And you will be able to it, it that actually sounds really cool. I have not encountered this game before, but like you can make your own RPG. Yeah, well, there was a version of it of RPG Maker um on the original PlayStation. And uh it was super clunky and you needed like a special ex- extra large memory card just to store one game on it. Um but it was cool, uh if pointless because like you can't share anything with any you know, you can have your little brother play, but like that's it. <laughs> um so yeah, I I it could be cool to uh if there's like an online share. There has to be a way to share <laughs> those things online nintendo oh and i didn't mention they're both for the 3ds oh for the 3ds and Mm -hmm. not switch yeah that's right uh because these are games that are already out in japan and they're just being localized um and then uh disgaea Mm -hmm. 5 the complete is released in the u.s on 20 on may 23rd and that is for the switch uh and we had just uh prior to this didn't have a a date just yeah it was coming out sometime. Uh, cool. So that's more role playing goodness. Uh, I probably pronounced all of that incorrectly, including words like revolt and USA. Yeah, so... no. I I mean, I think I think you're saying USA wrong. But... <laughs> uh, I feel like we've been tough on each other today, so I just let it go. <laughs> Switch developer kits are reportedly super cheap, which is great news. Uh, supposedly they're about five hundred dollars, which I think is very cheap for. Uh, development kits. I mean, so if you have a development kit, is that also like the system itself? So, develop- do you need to have like a, the system on top of that? I I think you I think you would want the system on top of that for testing, sure, possibly. Yeah, yeah. But I think you could do everything with the development kit, and development kits are usually not, um, my understanding, anyways is that they are not, like, the consumer version. You know, like, a right. developer kit for, like, the PS3 might have just looked like a computer tower.
1: Right. Or it right. might,
0: might have just looked like a cardboard box full of circuits and wires. <laughs> we don't know. Mark and I aren't programmers. <laughs> I know that'll shock you, given our breadth of uh, technical knowledge. But uh, although the kind of... Not leaks, but the... um. Uh, teases that we've seen from certain developers, mm-hmm. indie developers, where they've included glimpses of the Switch uh, development kit, or at least the developer console. Yeah. It looks basically like a Switch, but it's all black instead of having the um Ooh. the gray Joy-Con. Yeah. Um. The more I say it, the more I think it might be Joy-Cons. No, Mark, <laughs> we've made a choice. We're sticking to it. Okay. Nintendo Switch consoles. Mm-hmm. Which I don't love the more (laughs) I say it. And Joy-Con is the plural of Joy-Con. Oh, regrets. (laughs) Um, But but I feel like that's really positive news. The easier it is for... In the past, Nintendo has been very stingy with developer kits. Mm -hmm. It's been very difficult for indie developers to acquire them. And you can't port games... To, an, to a console without having a development kit. Right. So the fact that they are cheap, I mean, $500 is only $200 more than the retail unit. Right. Right. So uh, the fact that they're cheap is seems to be great news. It also, um, yeah. Oh, oh, shoot. I had a point. Now I've almost entirely forgotten what it was.
1: <laughs>
0: well, whatever it was. I realize we don't, there's a news item that we have left off our list here. Okay. um, That uh, Nintendo has announced that the, um, that eShop purchases will be tied to a Nintendo account and not to a specific console, which is a first for Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, so they've all, they have been tied to your account for a very long time. The difference is that, on like a PlayStation, for example, if I buy a new PlayStation console, I can just log in to my PSN account right. and like re-download the games. Nin- previously with Nintendo, you have not been able to do that. You the games were linked, but the licenses had to be physically transferred. Yes. Um. I don't know if it's if that is the case for Switch that seems to be where like the gray area is. It sure. seems like it's more the P- the PlayStation method of probably, but maybe a little different. Cause it might just be like one switch at a time. You just, right. Sure. Like you may not be able to have like four switches and have all your games on all of them. Um, at the same time. Right. But like so much with the switch, I, th- who knows? Like yeah. for every like information we get, it feels like it just, Uh, there's just more questions that uh come out um i do feel like this is the first time uh eShop was officially acknowledged by i mean right we've we've said this before but like we've been assuming that you'll be able to buy games online well i mean i don't i don't know they've ever come out and said it explicitly in like a press release but but i guess they've been doing those like inner they've been doing those like interviews Mm -hmm. with a bunch of and they get quotes from there That's how we're getting our information, not from Nintendo directly, through like Time Magazine, who interviewed, you know, like... Kimishima? Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay, from this we can infer that the eShop is going to be a thing. It's kind of frustrating. Oh, yeah. Um, But what are you going to do? I mean, we're going to complain about it. And then buy it anyways. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's It's a Nintendo product. (laughs) Uh, What do we got for new releases? So, coming out on February 21st is the Legend of Zelda Art and Artifacts book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's being put out by Dark Horse in yes. collaboration with Nintendo. And it's like 400 pages of Zelda art. Legend of Zelda art. Awesome. Um, from, like, instruction booklets, concept art, art from the games. It seems r- really neat. If uh you love the Legend of Zelda specifically, like the art of Legend of Zelda. Speaking of loving the Legend of Zelda and uh books, uh, are you gonna get a strategy guide for uh Breath of the Wild? I don't think so. I was there's a very handsome looking one that's available on uh Amazon for like eighteen dollars right now, um, that I was thinking about picking up, um, just to have a, a little bit more guidance or. I don't know. It's been a very long time since I played a game with a book, um, and I like I like that. I miss it a little bit. It's not the same as you know just going to uh, a game facts or something. I could also see how it'd be helpful or not helpful, but like fun because even though uh, like going to like game facts or mm-hmm. any of the strategy guides online, they will be put up very quickly, but they might play at a different rate of, or. Uh, different pace. Mm-hmm. They might do different thing. You know, like they might be playing the game differently than you are. Yeah. Especially like if everybody will be getting it pretty much at launch, right? Um, but I thought I read, and this is one of those peripheral news items, like LA singles like that Coles? I <laughs> don't. Entirely, like, is nebulously out there, so may not be true. Right, we can classify this under sinkhole news. <laughs> is that? I don't know. I think the strategy guide isn't coming out till the end of March. Oh, but again, that might be sinkhole news. That might be sinkhole news. Um, on February twenty third, in the Wii U eShop is Forma Eight or Forma dot Eight. Uh, can it's you tell a, me about? Yeah, Forma? yeah. So it's a um uh kind of like an exploration platformer um you are you play as forma.8 which is a small like uh what's the word like probe that's sent from a spaceship down to explore a planet uh-huh and so you are the it's not like a traditional or like a mario style platformer where you're running and jumping you are like flying and f- floating through the spaces okay and then you. so it's like balloon fight kind of yeah <laughs> Uh, I mean, probably not at all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, so it's actually more like a, uh, a s- like sperm trying to make it through a canal. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and it, the art style is very stark. Like um, it is like the foreground is all like dark black outlines. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like the space you're exploring with some like pops of color in the background and on certain enemies. Mm hmm. Um, and then you can like drop like bombs behind you to propel you, and also like kill enemies. And the the music sounds really cool; like it's very like electronic and soothing. Yeah. Um, it looks really neat. I was trying to find it, a price; I have no clue. It, it almost sounds like w- with uh, th- with the exception of the like kind of gameplay elements that you're describing, that you're talking about. Thomas was alone. Did you play Thomas Was Alone? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. This is a great game. Uh, it has a similar, like, um, soothing electronica music aesthetic. Uh, a, a foreground that's all just like black lines, and then the background is um, procedurally generated, like color light kind of graphics. Um, and the whole shtick of Thomas was alone uh, is you you play as little shapes, um, but all of the shapes have like personalities. I remember playing them. this with you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We played some of this game. That's right. Um, super fun i would say this is less of a puzzle game and mm-hmm. more of like a platformer yeah um but it looks really cool i was like what i could see it's made by a really small developer they originally planned to release it in like 2015 and have just uh it, this month it just like started coming out on all platforms like ps4 xbox all that uh pc yeah uh Wii U obviously. But it it looks really cool. I've looked was looking for a price, couldn't find one. But uh like I it's so impossible. I but I even was like looking at their like Facebook and Twitter feed and it hasn't been updated since twenty fifteen oh, that I could whoops. find. So uh Well they're probably just on Snapchat now. <laughs> probably. Uh I have an update on this uh Breath of the Wild uh complete official guide collectors edition. Okay. The one that I think is pretty Um, uh, twenty three ninety nine. Okay, not eighteen, not eighteen dollars. And available March third. Sinkhole news. Sinkhole news. (laughs) (laughs) We only have sinkhole news. Strike everything I said (laughs) from the record. Okay, let's start this one over. (laughs) Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, on February twenty fourth, there's a new Nintendo three DS XL, the Pikachu Yellow Edition that we had talked about previously. You're not gonna be able to find it, but if you are
1: Hang able on to, to find
0: it, yeah. you're very lucky. Um so my D pad uh on my 3DS is uh busted. Oh no. Moment. Um I have to really like jam down on it to uh hit the left uh part of it. Um That's how my nin- our Super Nintendo um game pads are.
1: That's so sad.
0: And I tried to fix it. I just made- you just made it worse. So I, I, I don't know if I want, like, this is a solution. I could try to find this thing, but I don't want to have a big Pikachu drawing of it. Like, I play Pokemon a little. Yeah. I, I mean, don't want it to be emblazoned on the. It It's cute if it's your thing, but yeah, it's very Pikachu. Right. Um. All right. Well, great. Uh. N- nothing else coming out this week. That was three things, though. I mean, not that I'm aware. Not that I'm aware. I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to definitively be like definitively be like no. Nothing else is coming out this week because I don't know. Nothing else is coming out this week. Now <laughs> oh, it's time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for 4:33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of our show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of 433. Um, Mark, I would like to talk about Logan, the new uh, Wolverine movie. Um, First of all, how do you feel about the X-Men movies? They're all varying degrees of terrible. All of them are varying degrees of terrible? I think so. Hmm. Um, Some of them are, like, on the cusp of being pretty good. And I think X2, for its time, was great. But I think it has aged poorly. Sure. I mean, it definitely has aged poorly. But, um, and it's probably because I saw it in the theater and loved it. Loved seeing, you know, those characters on Absolutely, screen. Absolutely, yeah. Um. That uh, uh, I I still hold a, a it still holds a firm place in my heart. So, because I think all the X Men movie or like X Men and X Two mm-hmm. were inc- like really well done for the time. Because this was when superhero movies hadn't. We're not in the current superhero movie boon. It's even pre Raimi Spider Man, right? Or the the first one anyway. So it, so it's. Like, Batman had been successful. Mm-hmm. Superman had been successful decades ago. Well, even, I mean, at that point, Batman had been successful, like, a decade ago, right? Yeah, because that's true. Batman was 89, and, like, 91 or 92 was Batman Returns. So Superman, uh, or sorry, so X-Men for its time was great because uh, it was like, oh, wow, we got a superhero movie that's done pretty well, but... It, it basically ignored everything that made, like, it was the least superhero movie a superhero movie could be, and that's why it was successful. Sure. But now when you compare it to actual, like, like a lot of the Marvel movies where they embrace the comic book nature of it, mm-hmm. then it makes the X-Men movies, which have continued to kind of be ashamed of their comic book nature, except in Apocalypse, right. which I didn't even bother to see because by all Me accounts neither. was complete garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it is a little bit interesting because it seems like uh, the movie-going audience at large is starting to pull away from the sort of Marvel aesthetic of like really embracing. Like, I I feel like people are starting to get bored of that. Which um, is weird that X Men as a franchise, even though it's been like kind of soft rebooted within it, and maybe they don't really care about continuity that much. Um, but like that, it predates the Marvel. Universe, right, or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, Logan is seems like it's going even harder away from it, right? Like um, that it's sort of established its own not comic booky aesthetic, and then has like weathered the trend of things being comic booky, and now is like back um, in a not very comic booky form. I don't know. I'm I'm sort of excited about Logan. I'm cautiously optimistic, okay? Um the idea of a like R-rated, hardcore, violent right. uh, Wolverine movie is not inherently appealing to me, right? Cuz like violence is mm-hmm. no, like taking anything and being like, "Yeah, but it's the violent version." I'm not the type of person that's immediately like, "That's going to be awesome." So, I agree with you in the abstract but I think for Wolverine I think some of that violence is like baked into the character like I I don't I'm not like yeah but seeing a like PG-13 Wolverine can be like a a way of sort of neutering the character just like I don't I don't think it makes sense to have like a PG or PG-13 Punisher movie like some characters just are inherently violent uh Yeah, I guess I don't disagree on Punisher. I think I do kind of disagree on Wolverine. I don't know that any of the on-screen Wolverine previously, I felt like, has have been neutered. Although I do agree that it's like a different version of Wolverine. It's yeah. the more like kid-friendly version. And there is what, like, you know, the Frank Miller version of Wolverine. I just don't know that I need sure. to see it on screen. All that being said uh from everything is positive from like the early screenings for logan that have been coming out so far yeah Uh, yeah so i don't know i'm uh, i'm excited for it i liked the the last wolverine movie um or at least like the uh the first like two-thirds of it yeah i thought it was pretty good yeah um you know it embraced like the kind of like character of japan and um and uh, who, who knows how that sentence was going to end? <laughs> we'll never know. We, we will, in fact, never know. Um, uh, Mark, you ready to get into our topic for the day? Yeah, let's do it. So as previously discussed, we want to talk about Nintendo system music. Um, so just like the, the various pieces of music that are playing in the background as... Um, you know, your system is getting ready to actually play something, uh, play a game, and you know we have a fairly loose definition of this. So there's like some Wii Channel stuff in here, some like system settings, music in here. Yeah, and I, I think um one of the reasons that uh this popped up for me is like something that. Would be fun for us to talk about. All right, I mean, Mark brought it up, but (laughs) um, so it's it's, it's not my idea. I apologize for presenting it as such. Um, Is the system music on the NES?
1: Oh, so good! It's so so,
0: good! It's so good! It's uh, you know an original eight bit composition. Let's listen to a little bit of it. It incorporates sound effects into it, oh. like the like eight bit like uh get, when you earn a coin in Mario or you shrink in Mario or you go through like oh it's so good yeah i i it's maybe the I think best example of um like system music serving a a purpose of like getting you uh psyched to play these old eight bit games um it's it's weird right like I'm almost not sure what the point of there being a lot of this you know like Nintendo's so interested in like setting the experience right. Uh and it, it's just like they don't there doesn't there didn't need to be music there. Or like it could've just been like Mario music and like I don't know, the fact that there's something there that's like trying to get you into uh that Nintendo personality um is very interesting and and cool to me. Yeah, I think it shows the attention to detail that Nintendo has because um even when you're just scrolling through the list of titles on the NES classic edition you know like you're n- not really paying super close attention to it mm-hmm. but then when you hear it in isolation and you hear all those sound effects that are incorporated into the song itself you really appreciate like how much work and detail was put into just this like system music yeah um so this uh it that that made me think of the um the game select music in Super Mario All-Stars, um, which is probably the first example I can think of of uh, like system music that we would have encountered. Now this is actually on the, the cartridge, right? It's not just something that happens when you turn on the, the Super Nintendo, but like it's this sort of uniting uh, piece of music. Um, and let's listen to it and then talk about it a little bit because I think it is very specifically Super Nintendo-y. sounds very much like mario music right like um but also still uh like in in that new um 16 bit texture which you know all of these games have music that's updated from their original 8 bit like origins i don't know i think it's very um it's very like telling of the kinds of improvements they made to the game uh to have all of those it's it, again it's like here are the textures here are the sounds you're going to hear in these games, Super Mario All Stars is the version of all those Mario games that are kind of like burned into my head. Oh yeah, so It's the one that I played. But maybe not the well, probably the most, and also at like the most formative time when I was like a little bit older. Sure. And uh, yeah. So hearing that again brings back a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just uh, just not selecting um lost levels.
1: <laughs> yeah, well,
0: well, and even just like eventually learning what loss levels was. Yeah, sure. And being like, why is that box shape differently (laughs) (laughs) in this, in this menu? (laughs) Um, so I think from there, let's, let's, uh, skip ahead to, um, the Wii, which I feel like is the unquestionable king of system music. And it kind of had to be because it had channels in a way that, um, not really any of the other systems would follow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it it's weird that um both the Wii and the Wii U have this uh like this connection to the television um with the Wii having channels and the Wii U you could watch TV like through the Wii U and like it would communicate with your cable box and uh you could you can turn your TV on with your uh Wii gamepad Wii U gamepad um so uh yeah so these channels <laughs> that was sort of a tangent i apologize <laughs> um so I think the, uh, the one piece of uh, Wii system music that is most burned in my memory um, is the music that plays as you're browsing uh, the, the eShop channel, right? Because um, when that thing was new, and kind of always, like I would just casually browse and be like, what old game do I want to play? Um, should we listen to a little bit of this? Yeah. So, me like trying to decide which Mario game I'm gonna buy
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so Nintendo had this at this time, Nintendo had this like kind of bossa nova type <laughs> you know like undercurrent to all of their system music, so you'll see it in a lot of the Wii channels, but you'll all you also see it across you know in in like the d s i like shop theme as well. they're not the same. But they kind of but they share similar themes. Yeah. The, it's and, like the ecosystem was all sharing like similar musical ideas at the time. Yeah. Well, and even like similar musical phrases and like so we're we're gonna do the uh, the D S I where um eShop music or the D S I shop music um now and there's an like a similar thing where um the phrase ends and there's like a clap sound. It's Ah, it's it's so neat. Let's listen. so not the same at you know like not the same but of the same yeah definitely not totally different right like it's it's, it's all very it's all very neat um do you want to listen to some other uh just wee stuff now yeah let's the different channels um uh, they all had again like really fun and interesting and kind of different music uh so let's let's get started with a little of the uh the me channel music um which you know if you spend any time building memes with your friends you also heard a lot
1: of don't
0: know why I love that, um, the fake string sound as much as I do, but I love it so much. <laughs> it just doesn't sound at all like an actual, uh, violin or cello or whatever. <laughs> um, so that, that also has like the, a similar kind of like, um, bossa nova, uh, like rhythm to it. Um, and so like, I'm chuckling as we're listening to this, the music's almost funny, right? Well, especially the that that one because it uh kind of teases your expectations. Like pauses are a little bit longer than they sh- than you think they should be. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and there's like a moment when you're like, is it are we done? No. Did it break? Did it right? Uh but it kind of works with when you think about what you're doing to this music, which is like Like thinking and making choices, and like you know, like and like, should I rotate the eyes just a little bit more clockwise? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, just just a few more, uh, pieces of of Wii music. This is from the the check the check me out channel. Um, with I mean, who even knows what was happening on those channels? (laughs) This is my. I think this might be my favorite. This is your jam. I think so. Like ostinato, um, the repeating like dun 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 dun, dun 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 dun, uh, is so cool and so from the eShop channel. <laughs> it's it's kind of staggering how many like little pieces and textures and rhythms that they're like using in one area and bringing over to another, Um but and but still making it sound like unique. Oh yeah, a- a- absolutely. Like that that doesn't. None of these sound like identical pieces of music; they all just feel like they're related, which of course they are um uh i also really love just the the kind of chill beat on that and just the persistent bass is just like boom, boom 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 It all just feels really i don't know it's cool that's a good pick mark that's a good pull um so ne- next up we got the uh the weather channel uh music. So this is from the Weeze Weather Channel. Had different music during the day and during the night. And this one, I think, is specifically the nighttime. This is the nighttime music. Mm. So that almost sounds like it's not related to the rest of the music at all. right? Yeah, that's definitely the most unique. Um, And it's also um, like the the textures in it are all, like you can tell that it's it's not all real, but it sounds like just piano, bass, and guitar. And like, that's it. There's no like wonky sound effects or like crazy fake strings or, or anything like that. But I'm also not really sure, like, with the the check me out channel or the the me channel uh, all of that is like gameplay adjacent and like the weather channel <laughs> like is so far removed from your playing a video game I mean weather was specific like it's a part of this show yeah for sure oh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh but no like you would turn on the weather the you would open the Wii's weather channel it would tell you the weather and then job done you know like there's not you don't you don't need music to sit there and <laughs> and like rock out to for a while. Uh yeah, that's true. It it's yeah, it, it makes me wonder why it's there. I mean, I guess why is the weather channel even there? But um so now we're going to be moving into like 3DS, right? Yeah. And so when you the 3DS has is a little more melodic than the Wii U would be. But you start moving away from these like super I guess like I keep using the term but like bossa nova yeah. right like I jazz, think I think it's yeah, accurate yeah like jazzier uh tunes to a little more like atmospheric a little more in the background a little less uh defined yeah yeah cer- certainly less like forward like i it, it's um you know we started with very with the uh the NES classic being very melodic right um and that's obviously meant to be like a throwback um, to a more melodic time. Um, so the, right now we're going to listen to the, uh, the 3DS's, um, me maker music. Um, so you're theoretically doing the same thing that you were doing on the Wii just now on the 3DS. And let's hear how the music is different from what we uh, heard a little bit ago. Even in the uh, the space, it still has the, like, space between the the phrases, but, like, it's not empty like it was in on, on the Wii. Um, like, this is still, like, a little, like, bass line kind of bopping through it, so it's more, it feels less dramatic. It also becomes, like, it's, like, the sleepier version yes. of, like, the Wii music, because it's still familiar, but, um, yeah, just, like, mellowed out. Yeah, well, a- absolutely, T- totally mellowed out. Um, so, uh, along that same line, um, here is the music from the activity log, which I can't actually remember what it is right now, but I remember thinking it was really cool. So let's, let's, let's listen. (laughs) Loop on that is surprisingly long, (laughs) um, like before it starts to repeat itself. Uh, that's got a lot of those, um, like uh, the Wii Fit and Wii Sports like sound textures with that, uh, like fake accordion sound. Um, it feels and again, it's like not super melodic, uh, but it's sort of like a chill thing that happens, uh, in the background. This all makes me regret usually playing my 3DS uh, with no sound yeah I mean me too, and it's it's I, I feel like that's such a quality of handheld devices that like you're going to be you know I, i'll be listening to I've got my phone with me, I'll be listening to music, I'll be listening to a, a podcast or something um, yeah, and it, it seems like kind of a bummer that we're not uh, listening to it uh so ne- next up um and this is like why would you ever be listening to this but it is the the music for the uh internet settings um on the 3ds We don't have to spend a lot of time on, on these guys, I don't think, but I appreciate listening to them in isolation though, because again, when you're going into the three DS internet settings, you're usually just jamming in there as fast as you can to you right. know, set up whatever it is you need to set up and then getting out, you're not like lingering uh, to really like appreciate the amount of work that went into like creating a specific theme for the internet settings. Yeah. That is not repeated anywhere else. Um. So, uh, next we've got some um, some Street Pass Me Plaza um themes. So we've got two different selections here. Mark, you want to talk about? Yeah. It? So the first selection is, um, when you first start accumulating Street Pass Me's, it plays, uh, this theme. <laughs>
1: I, man, I I
0: love the, uh, The really transparent like four-part uh composition style there where like you can hear every little piece of it you know is it a trombone in the back or like i think it's a a tuba sound oh yeah i I love that like oink that oink sound sounds like a like a pig singing along uh so this version once you start accumulating a lot of street past me's uh then you get this version of the song maybe the only appreciable difference between those is there's like a a drum set like like in, in the background but it's still it feels so much like it's got so much more energy in it because of it yeah i love the idea that like as you get more me's it's like your uh your band gets larger yeah right there's like more pieces in the ensemble and i think that's really cool yeah that tracks that totally <laughs> tracks um and also like again it that's got and maybe because uh, the Mi uh, Plaza and Street Pass stuff is more closely related to actual gameplay that you're going to be playing Street Pass games, um, but I feel like that's got a nice strong melody. It's not just sort of the kind of atmospheric wishy-washy music um, that we hear in a lot of the other like settings, um, system menus, um, or like you see on the Wii U. Um, so we didn't pull a lot of Wii U music. Uh, just uh, we have we have one piece here, which is oddly enough from the parental controls. Um, but uh, most of the Wii music is just atmospheric. Um, very little melody. Uh, kind of even tough to make out what textures you're hearing. Um, which, uh, what do you what do you think that's about, Mark? I I think it's like the. Uh, maturation, maturation mm-hmm. of like the console, because the Switch appears to have even less system music than the Wii U, mm-hmm. and so it seems to me that the more they do this, the more they're like throwing trying to appeal the, yeah. right, like and trying to appeal like make the console feel more adult. Sure, right, like because the PS4 has some background sound. But it's it's hard to call it music. Yeah, yeah. and so I in like you know when you're using your phone, there's no music, and I think you can kind of track like what we expect from our uh, devices as they become more like advanced. Sure, right, like the Wii U is still uh, like a family console that is a to- is like a being positioned as a toy.
1: Right. Well, and that's and kind of like
0: the, it feels like we're just getting further and further away from that culturally from it being from wanting toys in our which is it's so crazy, though, because like the uh, NES classic, we can agree that's a toy. That's not a device, but it sounds it's more fun like it's it's m- maybe that's maybe it's like annoying well-being fun or I don't think so. I think it's just like we uh, for their target audience, they don't want them to feel like it's for babies. Sure. They don't want it to... it's not fun, it's cool. Melodies are for babies. Yeah, it's it's like it's that line between fun and cool. Yeah. And I think they are pushing more towards cool and in doing that, you leave behind some these, of the like, fun. fun, like oompa, Yeah, you know, like melodies. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I want some bossa nova pokas. <laughs> so here here's the uh the Wii U um parental controls music. <laughs> was one of the more melodic things that we could have uh picked from there. Um, and it's nice, but it's not particularly fun. No, no, that's it's it's not fun. And, and I mean that that's really the uh that's the, the Wii U system experience in a nutshell is like it's fine. Sometimes it's kinda clunky. <laughs> yeah that's I feel like the Wii U uh in a lot of ways, but even uh noticeably in its system UI and OS is being like pulled apart by that the fun that the like, Wii Channels had, yeah, right? And, like, it's presentation with all the Miis out there and, like, the big pop-up graphics. But at the same time, is trying to do all the things that it's, like, grown-up brother console, right? You know, Right, like, it's trying to be like, more grown-up. Yeah, and I, uh, and I think that's a, a why, one of the reasons why the Wii U never felt super cohesive. Yeah. It's kind of torn between those mm-hmm. two. I would believe that, um, and, and that narrative makes sense to me. And then, like, the Switch won. Right, right, or the switch, like the uh, that idea of like an adult console kind of won out, and well, that's so where the switch came from. I was so suppo- far. so far. We'll, we'll see. I yeah. mean, and uh, yeah, I think you can see that also just like in the form factor, of the thing that like it doesn't look like the the Wii U gamepad. It looks like uh, you know, a Kindle Fire or uh, iPad or something. It looks less like a toy. It's not mm-hmm. glossy. It's not you know like it looks more expensive. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure the switch is going to have like eShop music. You know, I'm sure it will have right. music and I'm sure it'll be great, but it'll, I think there's no doubt it's going to be different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's then, um, before we end this conversation entirely, let's uh, go back a little bit to Nintendo being a little bit more playful um, so we can end this on like a, a fun note, right? So we're talking about fun. We're talking about something that looks like it, maybe a crappily constructed toy. We're talking the GameCube. <laughs> Um, So GameCube has that notorious startup music, um, which actually comes in three different flavors depending on, you can hold down the Z button on um, either one of the controllers or all four of the controllers, um, and it'll it'll have different versions of the startup music. So we've got all three here, so let's just listen to all three. That's the normal music. (laughs) that was holding z on the first player controller that one's terrible it doesn't get better (laughs) that's if you hold z on all four controllers (laughs) which again like what is happening? What is that? <laughs> I mean, I that one at least I'm like Donkey Kong maybe. The second one just sounds like a terrible like children's party where there's a clown. R- right. <laughs> and he's like hitting the children to make noise. <laughs> um so let's uh then um if you don't have a a game in the thing then uh the system music starts up and uh, c- come with us on this cuz it's kind of a long walk for this one. Um but so the music it itself is uh, very much in line with the sort of um, bland, non-melodic um, music that, that we've been talking about on the,
1: on the Wii U. Very atmospheric.
0: It's like you're visiting a planetarium. Yeah, or, or an aquarium. Any area probably. <laughs> So it's almost weirder than the uh, the Wii system music, right? Like, uh, a- at least in like the Wii system music, there's like this constant like kind of floor of sound, whereas this like it gets loud, it gets quiet, it's got these swells and these like weird moments of motion. Um, and it turns out there's actually a connection here to Nintendo history. So we're gonna go back now to the 1980s, um, and to Japan. Um, to talk about the system music, um, the startup music for the Famicom Disk System, which of course we never had access to here in the States. Um, but it, uh, well, it was waiting for you to put a game in. It played this music. Which, first of all, don't you feel like you were robbed as a kid not getting <laughs> that music before you, uh, you know, stuck your, uh, cartridge? Yeah. Um, I was gonna name a specific, like your, your copy of, uh, DuckTales. <laughs> in- <laughs> um, so it turns out that the GameCube, uh, system music is that music slowed down by like 20 times. Um, so we're gonna play that music, uh, back to back with the, um, So first will be the the Famicom um, Disk System music, and then the uh, GameCube music that you heard earlier sped up by uh, 19 times. And then here they are uh, on top of each other. Cool stuff. Yeah, it's like their first dis- disc system. And then when they did discs again, years later. Yeah, like their return to discs. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, we need to use our disc music. <laughs> uh, so uh, do we have any hopes or dreams about uh, system music going forward? or? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Wii for me is, was the pinnacle. I mean, the stuff that they are putting out, again, like with the NES classic edition given the opportunity yeah they can still like bring the jams oh yeah they definitely can if oh man if there's a super nes classic edition and it's got i'm already crying i'm I'm already crying i'm already so happy (laughs) all right uh let's let's close that up uh i think we are probably at the end of the show now um because we've been, we've been going for a little while. But if you have uh, any questions or suggestions for us, including topics you want us to discuss during uh, 4.33. This to- uh, if you have thoughts about system game music, I'm sure there are channels and mm-hmm. uh, weird menus that we missed that have really great music. Or if um, anyone has examples of uh, system music on other platforms, I'd be interested to hear those too. I-, I feel like I never even notice when I'm like going through a PlayStation menu or or anything like that. I find the sound when I turn on my PS4 to be annoying. Yeah. So <laughs> wait, do you mean the like? <laughs> <laughs> no, you like turn it on and it, uh, um, like the sound when you're selecting which of the like, yeah when users you want to log in yeah yeah. What is, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all, like, non, it's totally inconsequential music. Um, so, anyway, that's going to, oh, yes. Yeah, so if you have any of those suggestions, <laughs> you can write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. That is going to do it for this episode, the 20th episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nin Cart Society, uh, or you can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you have a second, we would love for you to rate, review us on iTunes, share with your friends. Check out other What's a Creative podcast, network podcasts. If you like Mark and Mind's Opinions, um, we also write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Uh, coming up, we're going to be uh, playing D&D on some Twitch show. It's going to be cool. More details about that as it comes. Uh, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Bit Betty. You can find his music on 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thanks for listening.
1: What's a creative podcast network?